What would you say your position today is on a woman's right to choose? Senator, again, I would tell you that Roe versus Wade. It is an important precedent. It's a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are just the two most recent Supreme Court nominees grilled before the Senate on our country's history of reproductive health laws. Decided in 1973. It has been been reaffirmed many times. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Reaffirmed in Casey in 1992. Although they both said they respected previous court rulings, we've all known the true test would come only when the cases did. And now they've arrived. One on abortion and another on birth control, with rulings expected any day. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, an overview of the first reproductive health cases to come before the new, more conservative Supreme Court. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. People are waiting for... You know, like when Trump tear gasses the protesters and walks to the church, like moments like that where everybody can tell that that was a bad idea, right? The Supreme Court is never or rarely that obvious about what they're doing. Mary Ziegler is a professor of law at Florida State University who's written several books on the legal history of Roe v. Wade, including her most recent, Abortion and the Law in America. She says the two cases in front of the court sound more technocratic than constitutionally sweeping. It's sort of puzzling why we're even focusing on what seem like these sort of bizarrely technical questions, but the consequences of those questions are really, really significant. That significance, says Mary, is twofold. First, you've got the immediate impacts on people's health and lives. Then there's the signals they send about where this court may head on abortion and contraception in the long run. Let's let's really sort of take each case here one by one. Mary, can you really walk us through the June medical case? On the surface, the case is pretty simple. It involves a Louisiana law that requires abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of a clinic. Requiring abortion clinics to make hospital-level care available is a strategy anti-abortion groups have embraced in recent years. These regulations sound like they're in the interest of women's safety, but researchers have proven them medically unnecessary and ultimately a ploy to bury clinics in a mountain of costly bureaucracy. The Supreme Court agreed just four years ago, overturning a similar law in Texas, calling it a, quote, substantial obstacle in the path of women seeking abortion. A historic win for abortion rights activists at the nation's highest court in a five to three decision. The Supreme but Court now Louisiana is back, essentially asking the court either to narrow its earlier ruling or overturn it altogether. If the court does uphold the Louisiana law, Mary says we'd see two major fallouts. The first is all about access. The trial court, which heard a pretty extensive evidence on the subject, found that if the law went into effect, Louisiana would have only one remaining abortion clinic. So the law would potentially have pretty significant ramifications in Louisiana and and probably beyond Louisiana. Quite often when the Supreme Court upholds an abortion restriction, national anti-abortion organizations then use that as a blueprint across the country. The Texas experience illustrates just how big of an impact laws like these can have. 
Half of the state's clinics ended up closing and more than tripled the number of women living more than 150 miles from a clinic. That's hours, even days, and money that not everyone can afford to spend seeking care, not just for abortion, but other basic services like pap smears and birth control. The second issue impacts the whole country. A decision in favor of Louisiana would send a clear signal by directly contradicting the Texas ruling that's just four years old. If the Supreme Court is to overturn a precedent on abortion, that, of course, is going to send a powerful message about what it feels about its most significant abortion precedent, Roe v. Wade. There's one last thing lurking in the weeds of June Medical. Louisiana is additionally asking the court to hold that abortion providers and clinics can no longer bring constitutional lawsuits at all, essentially arguing they're not to be trusted with women's well-being and women's health. It's the, the fox guarding the hen house. There's a reason why virtually all major abortion cases since the 1970s have been brought by providers and clinics. While a pregnant woman could bring a case, she's got to be pregnant, giving her suit a pretty tight time frame. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The other big case before the court is superficially about birth control and whether it's included in the insurance that more than 40 million women get through work. Let's walk through the Little Sisters of the Poor case a little bit more, Mary. What are the key questions there? Uh, The second case, uh, Little Sisters of the Poor, involves regulations introduced by the Trump administration to, in the administration's view, protect the religious liberty of employers with conscientious objections to birth control. The administration introduced those regulations in an attempt to build on a big win that conservatives scored back in 2014 in a case known as Hobby Lobby. The Supreme Court minutes ago punched a hole in the Affordable Care Act. The justices ruled that private corporations can reject insurance coverage of birth control based on their religious beliefs. So the Trump administration introduced these regulations that pretty dramatically increase who qualifies for such an exemption. Um, Some uh, estimates suggest this is going to result in about 70,000 women losing birth control coverage under the Affordable Care Act. As significant as that ruling could be for tens of thousands of women, that impact is dwarfed by the case's much larger implications. So much as kind of June Medical gives us some insight into where the Supreme Court is going under this new conservative majority when it comes to abortion, Little Sisters of the Poor is going to give us insight into how expansively this court is going to define religious liberty 
The concern is that Little Sisters gives employers more discretion to exert their religious beliefs through health insurance plans. And Mary says many Americans could find more than just their contraceptive coverage in jeopardy. Justice Alito was suggesting that if you want to know when there's a burden on religious exercise, all you have to do is is ask the person who's complaining. It's hard to see what the limiting principle of that would be, right? If an employer has an objection to providing some kind of health care for an LGBT employee or an employee who needs fertility treatment, it's hard for me to imagine the court would go that broad in defining religious liberty, but it's on the table. These two cases are a chance for the court's new conservative majority to dip their toes into the raging hot waters of America's war over reproductive rights. Mary says that intrigue, along with the case's legal minutiae, make it easy to forget what else is at stake. The outcomes for people's health care and lives are the same, right, even if they're being framed in a technical way. From racial disparities in maternal mortality to rising rates of sexually transmitted infections, gaps in access to quality reproductive health remain across America. At best, these decisions could maintain that imperfect status quo. At worst, they could leave many more without care. As the first of many chances this new court will have to shape our country's health care system, these two cases will signal what's to come. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is trade-offs. In the early days of the pandemic, California was struggling with its coronavirus tests. We were averaging just 2,000 tests a day. By April, they'd stepped that effort up significantly. Uh, We have now surpassed one million tests conducted in the state of California. Now the state is up to 50,000. We talked to the leaders of California's testing task force to find out how they ramped up testing so quickly and how other states can do the same. Next time on Tradeoffs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Tradeoffs, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or sign up for our newsletter at tradeoffs.org. The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, intern Sabrina Ems, partnerships lead Jessica Silverman, business affairs Kevin Davis, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoff theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman, with additional music this episode from Kevin McLeod, Unheard Music Concepts, and Blue Dot Sessions. Additional thanks to Leah Littman, Monica McLemore, Alina Salganikoff, Lori Sobel, and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. Thanks also to all our listeners who help support our work, including Julie Krug and David Gorenstein. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoff staff, advisors, or funders. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.